0: Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. This week we're in the state of North Dakota with the city of Bismarck. Our guest today is Danny Savage. Say hello, Danny. Hey, Tom. Thanks for having me. It's going to be fun, man. I want to hear about some music. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But first, if they ever do a movie called Where in the Hell is Tecumseh, Kansas, the answer is going to be easy. It's where you find Monkey House Guitars. Monkey House Guitars is a small made-to-order guitar boutique shop. And I hate to use that word boutique because it alienates people or scares them away. But if you can think it, they can build it. Some of the most beautiful handmade guitars you will ever see meticulously designed and crafted for your specifications, nothing by machine, all hand laid frets. Everything's routed and sanded in the shop at Monkey House Guitars. The Multiverse guitar is singularly one of the most innovative and interesting guitars I have ever seen being made. And you can see it being made via the photos on Facebook, all from the hands of Luthier Mike Thompson, an amazing artisan. So please go to their Facebook page, Monkey House, one word, guitars. You're in Tecumseh, Kansas, where guitars go to get created, right? We are with Danny Savage from Bismarck, North Dakota. We talked before the interview. You're saying that you're not from Bismarck originally, but you're a native North Dakotan. Is that correct? And is that yeah, yeah, work? is that a North Dakotan or Dakotian?
1: Uh North Dakotan. Yeah, as far as I know. Oh, <laughs> well, look at that. But yeah, I grew up yeah in in Beulah, so I just recently moved to Bismarck, I guess two years ago, uh, right kind of during the whole pandemic thing. But yeah, well, yeah, I was bartending. And you know, like I said, being a musician, and both of my jobs kind of left for a while. And so I was trying to figure out what to do next. So I found my way to Bismarck. And Just kind of been here since, but it's been a lot of great opportunities since I've moved here. Were you
0: doing music before you moved to Bismarck?
1: Yeah, I was. Um, so a a little bit in Beulah, you know, I, I grew up and, uh, graduated there and all throughout high school, I played and played in different bands and stuff. Uh, then, you know, after, School, I kind of took it a little more seriously and started to record albums and yeah, just kind of, you know, doing it all on my own in Beulah. And then I think it was 2019, we got a band house out at in Pick City, North Dakota, near, La- or near Lake Sakakawea. So we called that Moon Camp. Uh, my band's called Moon Cats. We all kind of lived together for a while. But then like I said, COVID hit and the area kind of didn't have a whole lot of opportunities. So uh, we're still holding down Moon Camp. Um, one of the members, Jordan Esslinger, and his uh, partner, Dakota, still have that property. And so we still get to go out there every once in a while and check it out and stuff. But like I said, it's been a, a lot of great
0: opportunities living in Bismarck, too, having closer gigs and yeah. and all that. Well, I kind of want to revisit that camp, but I want to get back to your genesis. You began sure. playing trumpet, I remember. And how old were you? Let's see, I, I was in the fifth grade, so
1: I've got just twelve.
0: There... Well, yeah,
1: a real young whippersnapper at probably 11 or 12. But um, were, your, were your influences like a, at
0: the time, or were there any influences, really, at that time, at that point in your life?
1: You know, I, I remember I was just getting into classic rock, you know, and kind of finding that, you know, ACDC and Kiss and Guns N' Roses and all that good hair metal, you know. So <laughs> all that, you know, influence, and eventually all my friends were playing guitar, and they said, you know, you got to play bass. Um, one of my friends had a bass guitar and it was a gibson sg uh, that his mom had and so that's kind of why i picked up playing you know any any kind of string instrument at all that was the
0: very beginning so that's what hooked me on music that's so cool because i I tell people all the time that the best guitar players are the best bass players are guitar players oh sure (laughs) and you, you did it the exact opposite you went bass into guitar Yeah, yeah. You know, I played bass, actually,
1: and then ukulele. Um, I was just having a hard time with the six strings or, you know, getting it all (laughs) figured that out. But, uh, you know, eventually I I did get a guitar and just kind of have
0: gone off into any instruments I can get my hands on. But... (laughs) Then were you were you in like rock bands back in even in high school when you were doing music or were you just in band band you know with the trumpet thing?
1: So I stuck with band uh, and I was also in choir from that moment on when I joined. Um, like I said, I was kind of looking for something else to do other than sports, and so I thought I'll I'll do both of these. And then, you know, in my free time after school, I'd be jamming with my friends, and, and eventually, we had a few different bands throughout middle and high school. But the the big one that I remember was Nameless was our name. <laughs> um, and eventually, you know, you, you have to come up with something. So we we
0: decided on Thunderbird more towards the end. And was there now? How did we get from here? Then you got out of school and you took music more seriously, and that's where the band camp came about. Yeah. Well. Or did I jump too far too quick?
1: The, the band kind of fell apart, you know, after high school. And so I, I was always passionate about playing music, whether it be solo or, you know, on this instrument, that instrument, open mics, uh, trying to start bands, you know, anything, anything that I could do. And so I ended up um, playing with a couple groups basically because I recorded and ran sound, um, one called 10 Minutes Till Today. And they were a grunge group uh, that had been around for a few years and another group called Northern Light. And they were a kind of folk Americana group. So kind of different ends of the spectrum. No kidding. But, uh, it But And especially in Beulah, you know, it's kind of funny to find other musicians, they were a little older than me, but uh, I just needed somebody to play with, you know, and so we made it happen and played some shows in Beulah and started to kind of play in Bismarck. Uh, the Laughing Sun Brewery was a place that Northern Light was playing a lot. And so I kind of got my foot in the door there. And, hmm. um, this was,
0: I think probably about seven or eight years ago. So. And, uh, how so, did yeah. you evolve into doing solo stuff? When, at what point do you yeah. say I can do this on my own? Was it pre COVID or post COVID?
1: Pre COVID I, I, you know, ever since high school, I played some solo shows here and there for fun. Oh, okay. And then I kind of stopped, you know, when, when I started playing in those two groups Um, But that's when I started, you know, kind of recording to and releasing albums and just was, you know, real musical in Beulah. It's a small town of like 3,000 people, so I didn't have much to do. But
0: that's a great problem to have when you're a musician. I I noticed on Spotify, you have quite a few albums out. It looked like half half a dozen or more.
1: There's a a good chunk from throughout the years. The the first was Enjoy Your Stay in 2016. uh, That was recorded all in Beulah. And my first kind of debut album, I was 20 years old, and I I had a goal to put out an album before I turned, I think, 21, and I did. Wow, so so cool. It was was really exciting, you know, and nothing like anybody else was, you know, really doing. Like I said, I was kind of producing everybody in Beulah and and myself, and, uh, you know, put out another album, Loveless Letters, I think a year later, and then another couple real long ones having a go at it and it's pointless and you know it's pointless i'm still very proud of I'm, you know some of the music ages and changes and you know you don't play it all or keep it all but you know
0: it's kind of a like a snapshot of where you were at the time you know well that's a real cool way of putting it that's exactly because because you, know, you brought up grunge you brought up classic rocks the music that we're going to be playing today probably some influence there but that's not who you are today as a musician is it No, no, I'm a little further away from that, but
1: I mean, (laughs) you know, every once in a while, every once in a while, I'll get rocking. You know, I don't know, I'm kind of maybe mellowed out into folk, but you know, I'm finding a a likeness in bluegrass and country, and we get pretty rowdy sometimes too in those genres. So
0: (laughs) it's fun, Uh, and Um, I noticed this, I mentioned in the pre interview to it that I listen to your music and. While I was setting things up, I actually, in my studio, I have a TV in here, so I had you on Spotify, and I listened to quite a few of your songs other than just the ones that we're going to listen to today. And it certainly sounded country to me, you know? Yeah, thanks. And and when when you're saying grunge and guns and roses, and I'm like, you look more like a product of ZZ Top than yeah. you do. It. But the style you had, it was really, to me, now, I'm, I'm an old radio guy, I did radio when i was your age <laughs> okay a long time ago i did radio and i did a lot of country and i really kind of i liked where country was going at the time but i really still i was one of those guys that i, I had a soft spot in my heart for the old bill anderson you know and fair and young or wagner those guys and mm-hmm. when um chris stapleton came on the, on the scene to me he brought soul back to country that's how I yeah. define Stapleton, and your style brings Fair and Young, early Conway Twitty back into the music scene because your style nice. is so reminiscent of that you know fifties, sixties, even early seventies. What I call traditional country, I call it traditional because that's when I started listening to country. So mm-hmm. respond to that. Tell me what you think about that. That idea is that accurate? Yeah, absolutely. Especially in the last few years, you
1: know, I've really fell in love with country music, older and older, and over and over again. You know, I I think it was. Right before the pandemic, I had an opportunity to open for Marty Stewart at the Mercer County Fair in Dua. how fun. So I got a call from a a guy, Drew, in a band called Forgotten Highway. And I think they're from maybe uh, Iowa or Minnesota kind of area. And anyway, they said their bass player was unable to make the show, but they're opening for Marty Stewart and asked if I could join and play bass. And I told him, hell yeah, you know, I'll be right there. (laughs) And so, uh, you know, I had this opportunity and got to meet Marty and saw them play. And it was just an incredible opportunity and experience. And since then, you know, I remember the the guys in the opening band told me, you know, if you want to make money playing music, you got to play country music. (laughs) And at the time, I really hadn't played a whole lot of country. You know, I maybe was influenced by folks here or there, Willie Nelson and Johnny Cash, you know, some of the greats, you know, but more and more from from that point on i've just kind of like i said dwelled into it and actually during the pandemic i started a band called the prairie wranglers and so we're an outlaw country band we do all tributes and stuff and so especially you know since playing in that group it's kind of made more and more sense to lean more towards country music and my own
0: music and in my inspiration so that's so cool there was a, a guy that used to work at a guitar center in St. Louis, who you might have heard of before. His name is Mike Zito. He's uh, he's big in Texas right now and has been actually for a few years. But he uh, he once said that if you want to learn how to play guitar, play country. And you'll learn yeah, how to play lead. And I, I thought of another friend of mine who uh, he was like, I think, 12 or 13 years old. He went to a bluegrass festival. His mom and dad dropped him off with like 20 bucks in his wallet. <laughs> dropped him off on Friday. said, we'll see you on Sunday. And, you know, he's a kid. But he's going, like, room to room, and, and pickers will just be sitting around, you know, sitting around on the bed or whatever, and they'd see him, and they, they started to know him, and they said, hey, is that Keith? Hey, Keith, come on in here. And he sat there, and he learned how to play guitar by playing with other pickers, you know? Wow. And it's, it's a fascinating story, but it's kind of your story, too, like something just happened, and then you realize there's something about country music that's just magical, I think, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and it's, that leads me to this the first song we're going to hear from you it's called lead these bones tell me what's that all about you know this is a song i wrote a few
1: years back it was on its pointless so it was around 2017 and i was recording just a whole wealth of songs that i had written and at the time i guess i was drinking a lot and smoking some of this and some of that and partying a lot you know and um in beulah and anyway it was just kind of a Get me home song, you know. Leave these bones home. No kidding. Uh, leave okay. leave these bones alone, you know, or leave leave me alone. I just, you know what I mean. It's just kind of the end of the night deal, but yeah, just it was just kind of a fun idea, you know. And I kind of just made it into this tune that, again, it's kind of jumpy and kind of dark, you know, too, or gothic kind of sounding. I, I think I went
0: with prairie goth or goth folk was kind of the idea. That's at the hilarious. Time, but... Prairie goth, I love it. It yeah, your own your own niche there, right? But yeah, it did, yeah, it, I wanted it to do something it, different. It wasn't a cry in your beer uh, song. It wasn't a Oh Lonesome Me kind of song. It just, But it was, like you said, it was kind of dark it had, a, it had a tone about it. We can talk about it or we can let our listeners hear it and they can talk about it. So let's listen to this where our guest is Danny Savage from Bismarck, North Dakota. And the first song we're going to hear today is a song called Leave These Bones. These bones. It is dark. Not heavy dark, but it's, you know, not bright and fluffy like a Dolly Parton song for sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, it's got a, like a gothic gallop to it. That's a great way yeah. of putting it. A gothic gallop. Our guest today is Danny Savage from Bismarck, North Dakota. We'll be back talking to him in just a moment. But one of the things I wanted to do with this podcast is to introduce to people unique things that happen in the music industry. One such thing is a place called Sticky's Cabana, right smack dab in the middle of the country, middle of Missouri, Columbia, Missouri, home of the Missouri Tigers, okay? Sticky's Cabana. The thing I thought was most intriguing about Sticky's Cabana was their dedication to giving back to the community, particularly our veterans. In fact, three of the last four owners have all been veterans. When I first began chatting with the current owner-manager, Chris Hayden, I wanted to feature his band and his music, but the more we talked about this charitable venue, the more we thought that's what we should really be talking about. That's kind of what Sticky's Command is about. It's not really about a bar to go get, you know, um, bring bands in and pack the place. And you know, it's more about fundraising for the communities and 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 veterans in particular. And these guys have they've got their own podcast, you know, I and mean, they just do so many cool things to promote the place that in turn gives right back to veterans. So, if next time you're thinking about going on a doing a road tour, playing a gig at some venue, consider this. Consider Columbia, Missouri. It's the middle of the country. It's a uh, equidistant from just about everything. Work your way to middle America, set up a show, and then get some give, uh, some that give back going on with you. Reach out to Chris, Sticky's Cabana. At Sticky's Cabana on Facebook, Sticky's Cabana in Columbia, Missouri. Charity work. Do you ever do any? They kind of benefit yeah. stuff? Every once in a while, actually, we just played the concert for Courage. Um, it's a
1: concert for a local, uh, they've used Adult Resource Center here in Bismarck oh, uh, back nice. in April. So, yeah, yeah I, I I played and then Mooncats played. So I played in both
0: bands, actually. But, yeah, real nice event. You still play with other band members, too? Or are you just on your own? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I play solo you know about
1: once a month or so um or you know kind of whenever i can but i do a lot of
0: thursdays
1: and fill in the blanks when i can but uh i I play with the band called moon cats and a band Mm -hmm. called the prairie wranglers as i mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. Uh, and then i also have been starting to play with my partner lydia we've been doing a a duet male female harmonies
0: and a lot of covers, a lot of originals that we've written too, so. That, that intrigues me because I was a big fan of the Civil Wars, the the duo out of, out of Texas, whatever. And I don't know if you're familiar with them, but I'm intrigued by how what they have done with some songs and made it their own by taking an upbeat song and turning it into a ballad, for example. And what's your creative process like that with her or with yourself? I guess when you're writing, if you want to revisit old songs and put your spin on it, how do you, what's your creative process? I'm glad you brought that up,
1: actually, because we started playing together at a point where, you know, I, I was like, okay, I'm not writing a lot. I'm playing a lot of shows. What do I do to kind of spin the wheel differently? And she has a lot of songs that haven't been recorded that she's been playing for years. And I have a lot of songs that I have or haven't recorded that I've been playing for years that we just don't get too much, you know. But together, we've been, we even played Leave These Bones, you know, and we played just a lot of my older material um, because she plays piano, which is an instrument that I haven't gotten into, as much into as I should have. <laughs> Uh-huh. But uh, it's been awesome combining ourselves to see what we
0: can do with these different arrangements. So I've got a yeah. couple of buddies of mine that do a songwriting thing where one will go to on one side of the room and the other goes to the other side of the room. And then they come back and they say, what do you got? Oh, corroborate cool. yeah. that way what's your is your process like that like she'll bring lyrics and you'll bring music or is it the other way around or is it just kind of a combination or what
1: it can be a little bit of everything yeah sometimes it's you know her song or my song and it's how can we accompany or bring the best kind of backup to the song you know um it just all kind of depends you know i mean I play upright bass sometimes, so that goes so well with the piano. You know, she does some like organ on some of my slower songs,
0: and it just, we find a lot of cool combinations. So, yeah. what do you like most out of music? Because you obviously, you're, you're a performer, you're a singer songwriter, you're an entertainer. i are entertaining me during this podcast. It's hilarious. <laughs> so, what do you like best about being a performer?
1: There's, you, you kind of said it all, you know, there's a connection, there's just kind of taking people's mind off of what ails them for, you know, an hour or two or three and, you know, kind of making them smile and making them connect with maybe their old self or their parents' music or their friend or, you know, I mean, just helping people have a good time, you know, it's, it's cool. And like I said, connecting with the crowd, getting them singing, getting them jumping and hooting and hollering. There's just something really special that happens when you can help facilitate a good time for for a huge amount of people yeah. you know we've all had or those, even a
0: small amount of people right we've, we've all had those shows where you can't do anything wrong you could belch on the microphone and people would apply <laughs> right what i exactly. do, do how do you deal with the shows that don't go so well how do you deal with a, uh, an audience that just won't shut up or they won't listen or they won't interact or they won't they just want to do their own thing and you're just a background to them and how do you deal with that if you're having a bad day anyway
2: you
1: know that's a hard
0: spot to be
1: in because you know as a performer your your payment is the applause at the end of the night or at the end of the song and that was one thing during the covid times when we were streaming these shows instead of having a live audience, you know, you'd end a song, and it's a lot of space. And what do you do then? you know, you almost have to say, all right, next song." you know, it's, okay. so it's, it's, sometimes that happens live too. you know, if, if people aren't clapping, I feel like clapping can be a lost art sometimes. So you'll end the song. And like I said, you're okay, well, then on to the next. Honestly, I, I just try to stick to my guns and try to, you know, play the best I can and uh, stay out of my head. And sometimes even just understand that, you know, you might be backup music in some places or people are trying to have dinner. And, um, you know, it's always a a visual cue if the servers are really having to bend down to people's ears or people's uh, Mm -hmm. mouths for, for the orders that you need to turn your sound down, you know? And so I try to really just read the room
0: and, and uh, play the night, right? I guess, but. But that's such a professional approach that you have to do this. You have to, you have to be, Malleable is that the word? You have to be able yeah. to, to to read the room. You have to be able to turn it down or keep the party going if that's what's going on. And you have to know when enough is enough. You've been how do you deal with that? How do you deal with that as a one, as a one man act? How do you deal with that when everything's happening? It's so cool, it's so much fun. And what what are your sets? Do you do two hours, four hours? What do you forty five? I usually do. I usually do about three hour sets. Yeah, three hour long sets or so. So on, For, at the at, at the end of your third hour and the owners all want to go home and people are like no one more and you get on court about six times when do you say enough is enough how do you do that when it's all happening you got the you know the jazz is all happening you know
1: you know i like to i like to plan a good few songs to hold off on no matter what band you know for the end of the night so have like three or four really hard hitters and then sometimes, you know, you play them a little lighter until that last one or or you, you all get off stage, you know, and then come back on and it just drives mm-hmm. people wild. So sometimes if you can plan that encore earlier, you don't have to push later, if that makes sense, you know, yeah, kind yeah. of fake like, oh, no, we're done. We're done, you know, and then everybody yeah. and then you come <laughs> back up and it just makes people go nuts and you feel really cool when those moments happen yeah. too, you know, what's been happening lately. I was just going to say is the owners have been wanting more, you know, we'll play three hours and then all of a sudden we played everything. With the end, you know, and then, hey, can you guys play another hour for for this amount? And well, I mean, we we love to play, and we're all set up. it's It's kind of a no-brainer not to. sometimes you end up where you're you know, what do we play now? You know you kind of have to make those last ones the hard hitters
0: again or something you know, but yeah, 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 that's funny we uh, We were at a, a place in Vermont. we go to a lot and a buddy of mine had a band called Doc has a band called Dr. Rick. they will be on the show, and uh, they finished everything they knew. Mm-hmm. they were the opening acts, so the the headliner wasn't quite mm-hmm. ready. And they're like, we don't have anything else. We've got one song, one song that we've never played in public. And everybody's like, play it, play it, play it. You know, and they started playing yeah. it, and we're all kind of dancing. It was a really good song. We get done, and they go, Oh, that was great, man. We don't even have a name for it yet. So I uh, call it Peggy, my girlfriend's name. He leans over, cool. the, drummer, leans over the guitar player. Says, Peggy it is. And now, the, like a couple months later, their EP came out. first song on it was a song called Peggy. That's oh, that's like,
1: cool. That's I love so that cool, stuff yeah. when that kind of
0: stuff happens. Now, you enjoy, like, that kind of energy has got to be better with a band than it does when you're doing it by yourself, or is it the other way around?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, when, you know, when you have a team of friends or even just one other person with you, there's oh. so much more to enjoy rather than, you know, when you're alone traveling or driving or, you know, whatnot. I mean, I, I enjoy the, somehow it is is like meditation to me, you know, maybe being alone sometimes yeah. and um traveling and whatnot but it's just it's a lot
0: better when you can share that experience i'd say
1: on stage and off stage
0: that's so funny because i i think of you and i mean this is audio i'm able to look at you and I, I think of you like sitting by the missouri river and just kind of kicking back in this really serene and mellow moment that's that's meet me down what does meet me, me down okay. by
3: the old missouri river. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that's
0: right right and i to write a tongue twister <laughs> that is so tough to do you put so many words and so many syllables and so few measures <laughs> but i got thinking that like how does that happen and i, I get talking to you and talk about that whole laid back moment and, and then something with that much power and energy comes out you know i got thinking about that today i'm like how do, you, how do you make that happen you know i think it was i wrote that one about
1: two or three years ago and i was hanging out I, it was when i moved to bismarck i was going down to the river a lot and mm-hmm. swimming and longboarding or you know just Going on walks, walking the dogs, and just falling in love with having this beautiful river access in Bismarck. And I just got to thinking, you know, like we need a I I I guess need a river song, you know, or all my my bluegrass band needs a river song. And we need uh-huh. a, you know, and we, we didn't have one. And so, I, you know, I said, meet me down by the old Missouri River. And just right from that, it just evolved.
0: You know, I think I wrote it in probably 10 minutes or less. That's amazing. You, know, and- you guys that right write like that just kill me. Yeah, just <laughs> you know but when I it comes it
1: does and when it doesn't it doesn't though you know there's a lot of i I'll spend three years trying to write a song like that and then all of a sudden it'll come so
0: well I'm gonna play that song is there something you want to say about it other than that and uh, this is uh was there something more you want to add to that about meet me down Ah uh, you know it's just a real kick stomp and good time so I hope yeah. you enjoy it I'm gonna play that for you now I'm gonna say something about it afterwards so we're with uh Danny Savage right now and we're gonna listen to a dance tune. Try and keep your feet still while you listen to Meet Me Down.
1: All right, I'm going to do another uh,
4: couple originals here. So these ones are also on the new album, Acoustic. This first one's called Meet Me Down. It's a song about hanging out by the Missouri River here in the summertime. All right. This is also a song that we play with my band Moon Cats. So if you've seen seen us do it, sing along. Meet me down by the Omazur River, I meet me down by the Omazur River, I meet me down by the Omazur River, and we're gonna have a good time. The great outdoors are better out together, so throw another line, yeah get it in the water, it's fishing time, nothing much better than to catch walleye right on the river. Meet me down by the Missouri River, I meet me down by the Yomazur River, I meet me down by the Yomazur River tonight. I'll meet me down by the Yomaza River, I meet me down by the Yomazer River, I meet me down by the me Yomaza River, and we're gonna have a good time. Bring your strings, maybe a little liquor, stay up all night and sleep by the river. Remember this, it don't get much better. Straight through the summer, right into the winter. Meet me down by the Yomazer River, i down by River. I'll meet me down by the Yomazur River tonight. I'll meet me down by the Yomazur River. I'll meet me down by the Yomazur River. I'll meet me down by the Yomazur River. And we're gonna have a good time. Outside, you gotta go get it. Cause the time it flies as so soon in your sweater and the snow it flies in the wintertime. Weather I'll see you out on the ice, you betcha. Meet me down by the Omizouri River. I meet me down by the Yom Missouri River. I mean me down by the Yom Missouri River tonight. i night. I me down by the Omizouri River. I mean me down by the Omizouri River. I mean me down by the Omiser River, me and we're gonna have a good time. Meet me down by the Omissou River, I meet me down by the Omissouri River, I
0: we're with danny savage that song was meet me down my girlfriend and i dance I, I think i mentioned that before That that we were doing. she can clog she can clog and i want to play that song for her 10 seconds into it she'll start clogging it's that's so cool a, it's such a great It's i mean it's clogger's song it's perfect you know we're missourians had had life taken us a certain way we probably would be in branson or someplace down in the ozarks deep in the ozarks maybe even arkansas but uh, anyway we're with we're with uh danny savage bismarck north dakota and the music of america podcast we'll be back and talk about another song of his in just a moment. Now, speaking of St. Louis, Missouri, growing up in St. Louis, the blues, just such a strong influence in my life. In fact, the logo we're using for the podcast has a band called the Alabama Serenaders way back in the 30s. That's got my grandfather in the middle there with the clarinet pointing up to the gods. That's that's why I chose that, for that because, uh, because of grandpa, but also because music. And Soulard and the blues and all of this, it's all a big part of St. Louis. And the Soulard Blues Festival really showcases that deep-rooted blues heritage that we have. It's The one festival that I talk about a lot is the B3 Blues Festival in St. Louis. It's an outdoor concert festival held in this area called Soulard, Historic Soulard Market. Memphis has Beale Street. They have the French Quarter in New Orleans. Well, St. Louis has Soulard, okay? And the, the flavor is all local blues artists. You know, savory tradition of classic blues and plays throughout the day and prevails throughout the day the 2023 festival recently concluded back in may and you can bet the 2024 planning is well underway in addition to great music but the thing i really like too is the beer tasting i mean st louis home of anheuser Busch or inbev now but you can't have st louis and not have blues and beer right gotta have the beer it's all available at the Soulard B3, and annual blues festival in historic Soulard Market in St. Louis, Missouri. Watch it on Facebook. Watch for it on Facebook. The B is in blues, B3 Blues Festival in St. Louis. We're Danny Savage from Bismarck, North Dakota. Danny, are you a blues man? You know, I, I, I appreciate the blues. I guess I don't play a whole lot of blues. No, we noticed that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that'll be my next movement. You know, I'm always changing what I do, so... Uh, who are? Because you do play. You've got this really cool traditional country sound, a bluegrass sound. You've got like an old roots sound. Who are your influences in the country side of this? The country influences.
1: You know, I, I guess uh, I I love Hank Williams. I guess you know I I always go back to him. I mean, I I play a lot of his songs in my live set. A lot of his covers. You know, and I guess yeah, just really influential dude. But
0: uh, anyway. <laughs> You, you don't have to go beyond Hank if you say Hank.
1: But yeah, then, I mean, I, I, I,
0: honestly, I I, yeah, I was just
1: listening to the Willie Nelson, the 90th birthday kind of stream or a few of the songs, yeah. and I was just almost getting overwhelmed before before we set, the, set up this podcast. And it was just wild to me that somebody can be making music that long, you know, and touch so many people and so oh, many. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Willie too, you know, or just all the old country greats. You know, you listen to like music from
0: that time and it's just, They were were different people at different times and different music, I guess. I remember seeing a video once of Willie Nelson on, I guess it was the Grand Old Opera, and he was wearing like a suit. It was all black and white, wearing a suit, and his hair was not long. It was just kind of slicked back with bro cream. They had an old cowboy bolo tie, and he sang crazy. He sang it in Willie's style, and like on the Wonder Pats, he Mm. sang it (laughs) because. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that was not a popular sound for him at the time, but he did it. He just stood there in front of the camera and sang it himself, and whatever. Twenty years later, became the super outlaw that he became. Yeah, it's a- so funny. What do you see yourself doing with music? Like You're in your 20s. You're a young man. What do you see yourself doing 30 years from now? What does it sound like when you're talking to your kids or your grandkids? What was your musical career looking like, or what did it look like?
1: You know, I'd like to get traveling a little more, I guess. Uh, We did a couple tours, or I've, I've been on a few tours out to the West Coast, and we went to Chicago, so you know, here and there, but I- I'd like to do a little more traveling. I've been playing a lot for North Dakota since the pandemic, and that's been really enjoyable, and I can book a lot of gigs. Right now, I'm performing full-time as a musician in North Dakota, believe it or not. So I wanted to that address that. Me, I, I
0: wanted to address about. that if we could, because um, yeah, in sure. setting up this podcast, what I've been doing is, it's an idea that just evolved from my retirement, and what I've been doing is going on Facebook, and every state has It's different, like musical group. The North Dakota musicians, the South Dakota musicians, Missouri musicians, et cetera, et cetera. And getting musicians from North Dakota to respond to this show has been like pulling teeth from a charging bear. It's (laughs) just so difficult. And then out of nowhere, like a deck of cards, everything collapsed, South and North Dakota, both. There were the North Dakota, South Dakota, South Carolina from my last three holdouts, basically. Toughest states to get people to respond to. And almost overnight, Not only do I have South Dakota filled up for this season, I've got North Dakota filled up for next season, and I've got South Dakota, I think, ready to start booking for season three so tell me about music in the dakotas in your case north dakota i don't hear about a lot of musicians that are touring and can't wait to be playing up in beulah you know yeah
1: <laughs> no you don't i don't either i guess you know i'm
0: <laughs> that's why you went to bismarck right
1: <laughs> right yeah exactly exactly
0: shoot <laughs> so is, well, it, is, is it is it is it well is music just well received is it difficult to you play know i there? would
1: say as a as a younger musician, when I was playing, you know, like grunge and heavier music, it was a little harder to find a scene, but there was a scene, you know, there's the uh-huh. record store here in town, Rhythm Records, they host all genres and all ages shows. And um, But, you know, f- forming into more of a folk musician and bluegrass and country, there's a lot more of a market for that. You know, there's a huge country music festival that happens every year here. And, you know, I mean, just... So, kind of having the different options available as a musician here, I feel like has uh, provided the opportunities that I've found, um, and also, you know, I think I'm one of these those one of the probably hardest working musicians here. I, I try to just push the the bounds where I can and mm-hmm. play new places and try it in new places, and you know, just never say no to to trying something out. But I think uh, you know, there's there's a I wouldn't say like tight knit, but it's uh it's like a family here you know i mean everybody yeah. knows everybody and respects everybody and oh, that's no right. matter what kind of music you play you know people will come out and enjoy it and uh, support it and you help each other instead
0: of compete with each other
1: right right that's yeah so it's a funny. very friendly community which is i guess refreshing you know i i, I couldn't really imagine it the other way you know the, the competition would be i think
0: hard to deal with you know yeah, exactly. so uh you have aspirations of traveling what about somebody who doesn't? What if somebody just wants to be the best blank in North Dakota, best blues man, best guitar player, best drummer, best horn player, best, whatever. How would that success be defined by somebody like what, because they were a regular at the state fair or because of this, or what, tell me some things that would make somebody say, I've made it that just wants to be big in North
1: Dakota. You know, I guess a funny one is the Medora musical, I guess has been a kind of a bucket list item. My grandparents were huge fans and, so I guess I'm a huge fan too, but you know, making is it to that stage, the what Medora musical. Yeah. So it's a, it's a musical that happens out in Medora, North Dakota, uh, where Teddy Roosevelt famously lived before he was the president. And so it kind of tells the history of the town of Medora and how it was founded. And it's just this awesome production with a live band and dancers and everything, but um, they'll have, you know, guests every once in a while. And uh, whether it be, musicians or bands or jugglers and stuff
0: but so it's it, it's a musical production it's not a play
1: I, it's like it... a it's it's a musical play yeah kind of a production
0: okay. right uh-huh. right so but, I,
1: I think uh, it'd be fun to be a guest on that or maybe play yeah. be a part of that show somehow i
0: guess well if that uh, happens if that happens i want you to call the show i want you to call sure. the podcast and we want to talk about that afterwards you know and even if you've been a guest already it might be season five might be season 12. I might be retired again, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but I still sure. want you to call the show and talk about that because that sounds fascinating. It's You know, it sounds like it's like a pinnacle for musicians to strive for in, in North Dakota. And you'll get there sooner or later. Hey, uh, that's true. See what I did there? See so what I did there? Sooner or later is the last song that we're going to be playing of yours, and I wanted to set it up somehow, and I didn't know how to do it, so I just put that way.
1: Hey, that was Soon- a great segue. Sooner,
0: sooner or later, you're going to be... Playing there. Sooner or later you're going to be traveling. So sooner or later, what about the song? Sooner or later
1: I'll see the light. You know, this yeah. is just kind of a motivational song and I, uh, you know, sometimes you sit down on stage, right? And or maybe always it's, it's nerve wracking, you know, or you're not sure how it's going to go or how you're going to get started. It's like, it's like you're a wind up toy without the key or something. You know, sometimes you're mm-hmm. like, uh, w- once you get playing you know you're ready to keep going And once you start but sometimes you're you know you're frozen up there right and so this song i kind of wrote is like a centering song to get going oh cool. and it's two chords or i guess it's three chords but it's mostly just you know g and then or like half of a g chord the lower notes and then mm. like half of a c chord with the low root of the g and so it's just cool. a really nice kind of ambient roll back and forth I um, listen to
0: it, i took it two ways you know sooner or later sure. i'll see the light could have christian overtones to it sure. and it could just have life experience overtones to it like i you know i'm really stupid about something sooner or later i'll see the light you know right right yeah <laughs> but i also know the, the light you know the i know that's been a metaphor used in in christian or religious organizations you know right i think of the blues brothers <laughs> i have seen the light with, with the penguin <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's too funny um, but it made me wonder. dude, I don't know if it was a Christian song or not, but it made me think that. Have you written Christian music or gospel music? Because there's you know, a, it's, such a such a deep thing with Chris, uh, with gospel music and country, anyway. You know,
1: you're right, right. You no, know, it's it's funny you ask. That might be my next uh, outlet, I guess. You know, but I, I started playing bass guitar, like I said, way back, and mm-hmm. I really didn't know what I was doing. But I I went from a rock band to a church band called Shine. It stood for serving him and everything at the local church that I went to in Beulah. And they had a purple P bass that I played from the church. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time learning how to play, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just playing the low string the whole practice. Oh. Um but they they gave me a fret chart. And so that's how I kind of learned how to play music altogether was in church. Well I'll be done. And then when i was learning guitar i actually wrote my faith statement for confirmation on guitar and that was how i first like that was the first thing i did was learn how to play i think every rose has its thorn and then wrote this
0: kind of faith statement but uh, have you performed that or or recorded that Um, and because you've got a lot like i said we talked earlier where you get a lot of records on spotify can i hear that somewhere you know
1: no i there might be a video from way back but Uh and nothing professional maybe i'll have
0: to revisit it but I wonder how that would sound in the duet with the woman you're playing with now. Yeah. 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 I bet that would be a nice touch,
1: but, but, you know, sooner or later didn't necessarily have, or it wasn't meant to be, you know, a Christian song necessarily. Uh, but I mean, I, I don't see why not, I guess, you know, it's, it's kind of a, you know, the last verses, um, sooner or later all, um, fight, do what i have to to make it right and i might not make it then again i might you know so it's kind of just uh yeah like you said sooner or later i'll figure it out or sooner or later i'll i'll get where i need
0: to be you know it's got such a clear message and let's listen to it now this is danny savage and a song called sooner or later Sooner or later with Danny Savage, Bismarck, North Dakota, this is Tom Pollard, your host for the Music of America podcast. going to be wrapping it up here in a little bit, but before we leave, uh, we've talked about a website. You don't really have a website, but you do. And explain that, how that works.
1: Yeah, it's a link tree. Um, It basically is all of the links to all of my social media videos. You can buy merch there. Um, A little bit of
0: everything. What's, What's your hottest merch item? And then we get out of here. But what's your hottest merch item?
1: Uh, let's see. Probably let's see, probably the trucker hats. I have a Danny Savage one man band trucker hat with my logo on it. And those go over pretty well. But the
0: CDs two stickers, I mean everybody loves stickers. So where else we can find you? We can find you on Spotify, we find you at Linktree. Yeah, the Linktree is Danny Savage Musician. Um
1: and if you look that up, I think that's my Facebook, my Instagram. If you look up Danny Savage on YouTube, I have a probably over 500 youtube videos wow, too no kidding. Like, okay i, yeah, I just like don't do youtube
0: I, as much as i should now i'm motivated now i'm motivated because, sure. because i'm missing yeah, out you'll have to
1: you'll have to dive back i've got some I fun guess. stuff
0: well danny thank you so much we've been visiting today with danny savage from bismarck north dakota tomorrow we're going to pay a visit with tyler pilot and red dot recording you've been listening to the music of america podcast if you like today's show